DJ and Cody Ryan, live from the bunkhouse. All right, welcome back. Regulators, you're tuned in to the number one outdoor show in Texas, The Outdoor Zone. Catch us live 24-7, 365 at theoutdoorzone.com and all our networks tied into there. A uh, shout out to one of my one of our favorite regulators out there. Going to isolate him, Chris Johnson, down in Alabama. I want to know why you invited TJ to a big steakum. You should have invited beefsteak. Okay, if you really want to see how it's done, always trying to get a little. Come on, Chris, piece of meat somewhere so, on your plate. Happy uh, Happy Sunday. Chris Johnson down in Alabama. Bring yep. me in. Bring Shout me out in, to baby. West Virginia. Shout out to Georgia. Uh, I'm TJ Granny. That's Cody Ryan. Beefsteak is in the house. Road Rash is the ranch hand that gets here early, makes sure everything opens up. And gate gets open. Pop Belly Stove gets going. Hey, so if you guys have been listening to the show for any period of time, you know that one of the, um, one of the things that I'm passionate about on my off time if i'm not out sticking something with the bow or uh shooting something with my deer rifle i um i like to hike i'm caught up in this whole idea of hiking and uh hiking the tallest peak in every state doing some things that um are just a challenge to myself mentally and physically and um and so in that mindset of hiking and ascending uh or or climbing hiking doing that kind of stuff one of the things that um that i look at is uh mount everest everybody that's a hiker that climbs the tallest peak Mm -hmm. it's always just this interesting place out there and then of course one of our ministry board members alan mcgraw just this year uh his one of his daughter's bucket list was to hike to go to base camp to hike into base camp for mount everest so they spent two weeks there hiking into base camp and uh and just that story and um and through all this time i met a guy named brian dickinson and brian has a book out it's called blind descent and 
a man, I just got caught up in that book and I just was, we've got to have Brian on the show. Cause this is just, we're lucky enough to get uh, this that. is a crazy yeah. story uh, about somebody who's been to the tallest place in the world. And so we got on the show on the show with us today is Brian Dickinson. Brian, uh, thanks for getting up and be, are you on the, are you way, uh, way out West on the far West coast, Brian? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of right there on the ocean here in Seattle. Well, man, brother, I sure do appreciate you, uh, taking the time to come on the show and be with us. I, I follow you on your Facebook. I think it's Facebook, right? Not Instagram, but Facebook. And, uh, you're all over the place. <laughs> Yeah, I try to be. Yeah, you're always out doing something. Where where have you been and what have you been doing recently? Um, I guess recently I've been keeping it local. Like in the fall, I coach my kids' soccer, so, you know, I can't go too far. Uh, the rest of the year, I'm, I'm out and about and doing things. What are you doing now um, for, uh, professionally? Are you is, – is, is hiking and speaking pretty much your full-time adventure? Uh, no, maybe that's my retirement plan, but you know, I'm, I'm somewhat responsible in the, the meantime, I do have a real job. Got to fund my hobbies. Um, so I'm an account manager for a, a high tech firm and, you know, I work for my home. So I have a lot of flexibility. Okay. Well, I, uh, so when your book came out, really, really it was an amazing story. I love a couple of things in there. One is the story of, just going to the top of Mount Everest and back um, just is an amazing story in itself. And then uh, the solo summit was, I mean, that's not something that most people do, right? I mean, from what I understand, it's really rare for somebody to to summit alone. Yeah. So if you look at the Himalayan database, I'm one of two people to ever truly have the summit to myself. And that means no one above the death zone, no one above 26,000 feet, just for the listeners, Everest stands at 29,000 feet. And I didn't intend to do that. I had a a climbing Sherpa, a friend, and he ended up getting sick at about 28,000 feet. And he was going to wait there. We had a conversation and, you know, you live and die by the decisions up on the mountain. And uh, fortunately, I'm alive to tell my story. So... Yes, and in the book it talks about that experience and when um, when he got sick. What was your what at that moment? Did you think about turning back? Because I know that, and and this is really how our conversation started. You and I met was I had uh, I was working on going up a peak and we got turned around twice and I was just talking to you about how hard it is to turn around when you're so close and you were within a thousand feet of accomplishing something that you'd worked years to do and what what was going on in your mind at that time the the maybe I got to turn around oh yeah absolutely so I mean early on like uh you know at 20, 27,000 feet is when I first realized he wasn't feeling well. It was just the two of us heading up. And at that point, you know, I suggest we turn back. And, you know, Pasong is his name. He's a couple summits already in the past. Uh, strong guy. And, you know, we had a conversation. He assured me he could continue. 
And then once we got up to about 28,000 feet, you know, he said he was tapping out. He needed to head back. Um, he said he was going to wait, you know, back at the, the balcony, the halfway point. Um, he ended up going all the way back down to high camp. Um, but yeah, at that, at that moment, it's, it's a real conversation and it's, you know, you're, you're up there, you're alone. You, like I said, you live and die by these decisions, but you trust each other's ability and to make those, ju- those judgments. And, you know, I'm checking, you know, things, you know, looking at things like the weather, weather was good. How was I doing? You know, I was strong, but most importantly, could Passong get down? And when he ensures me he can, and he encourages me to continue up, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's unnerving, but I've soloed a lot of mountains around and there's, there's a lot that goes into it. But, you know, once you make that decision, you move forward and being a thousand feet from the summit of Everest is, it's not like a thousand feet on, you know, at sea level, it's, it's still going to be hours to get up there. And they're, you know, going over Hillary step and some of the harshest conditions. Um, but I felt confident um, with the decision at the time, if I'd have known I was, you know, going to go through what I went through. Of course, I wouldn't have continued up, but, you know, you can never see the future. So on your way up, you had had an, uh, so you were wearing a UV protective goggles and they broke, they, they came off, they slipped off and, and the UV protective part of them broke. And that's what caused, so the, the light, the sun, um, hurt, it burned your corneas or the, the back part of you got sunburn on the back of your eyes, which caused the snow blindness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my, I had a goggle malfunction the day prior, ripped out the internal lens because they had cracked, um, you know, not really realizing that would cut their effectiveness in half, but having blue eyes and when you're up at altitude up there in the death zone, there's a lot less protection from the ozone. So most climbing as you, you probably know is, you know, through the night on highly glaciated peaks, you climb through the night because you want things to be frozen, rock solid. And once the sun comes up, you want to, you know, be hitting the top and heading back down through the night. I was fine. But once I reached the summit, the sun came up, banked off the ice and it fried my cornea and I went snow blind. And with snow blindness, it typically takes about 24 hours to return. And I wouldn't fully gain my eyesight for about a month and a half. Woo. Wow. So you're at the top and uh, you're at the top and you got to come down. And um, uh, I mean, I I knew that um, I felt from your description, the way that you talked, that you were strong and that you weren't you were skilled. There's a lot of people that go out up Everest that aren't prepared the way that you are prepared they're just not trained right they have great guides they can a lot of people get it done but i think you were in a a rare class where they felt like you were gonna but how do you there's no way to prepare for what happened to you it's basically coming down from the highest place on earth with your eyes closed piece by piece moment by moment so there was ropes that you that go that you could basically hold on to that kind of guided you? Yeah. So fortunately, I mean, I wouldn't have continued up on my own if there wasn't. So on Everest and other large peaks in the Himalayas and Karakoram and different areas, even on Denali, they have fixed lines. So 
Sherpa guides myself will will fix ropes to anchor points. So then it makes it easier to solo something, you know, to be alone because I am now a part of the mountain. I'm, I'm connected, you know, with my, my um, devices, safety devices, carabiners and whatnot to that rope. So coming in and out of anchor points, um, the challenge is coming down hand over hand without being able to see. Up at the top, there's an area that's, you know, a couple feet across, and it's a two-mile drop on each side of you. Mm. And then coming down um, Hillary Step, which is the 40-foot rock climb. And if you come out of those ropes, I mean, you're, you know, it's game over. You know, I did take a major fall at one point, ran out of oxygen. But the entire time coming down, I just, I never felt alone. I just, I felt this presence around me, just this peaceful presence. I mean, it was the scariest thing I've ever went through, but I just, I just never felt alone. And, you know, as you know, reading, reading my book, when I ran out of oxygen, I, I truly witnessed a miracle. Well, and, and that's the, the other thing I want to touch on. One of the things that I, loved about your book is that you are just real about your relationship with Christ and your longing for your family through the whole thing. And, um, our ministry, we, we fully believe in, and just what God can do in the lives of the fatherless boys that we deal with. And, and the outdoors is a place where that happens and you can just draw close to him. And, um, and I love that you are just, uh, real about your relationship with Jesus and your book and just how that was one of the things that just gave you comfort. And, and that's what I'm guessing you were playing off of was just his piece. Well, I don't know what else you got when you're up there like that. Yeah. I mean, I've, so I think we all have miracles in our life, um, especially when we, we go to him and they're not always tangible. And this is the most tangible thing I've ever felt in my life. And at that point, when I ran out of oxygen, you know, I just, I prayed, I, I surrendered. I could not do it alone. And at that moment, I just felt this energy come over me, lifted me up, and I had life. And I find out later that back home, my wife just woke up in the middle of the night, felt the need to pray for me. And I had friends and even people I didn't even know had reached out after had this power of prayer just knew that i was i was strong i was mm. i was going to get through it but i needed help and and yeah in in the book and when i do my talks everything i mean it's it's i can't take credit and i think i've always tried to take credit you know up until this point for everything that i've done you know i'm strong enough i can get through it and at this point like i was humbled beyond humbled i could not do it on my own and i'm just very fortunate to be here Oh, man. So, uh, Brian, I, we're coming down to the end of this uh, thing. We're landing from 29,000. But uh, so is there is there a movie in the works or what other what other things are in the works for Blind Descent and Brian Dickinson? Uh, yeah, I mean, my agent, working title agency, you know, a, a lot of the Christian movies, Overcomer, War Room, Courageous, all those come come from them. And, um, you know, God's Not Dead and all these amazing movies. So they, they've definitely been talking about it. So I think they're just looking for, a, you know, the right fit, make sure that it's, you know, appropriately done and the funding. So, yeah, you never know. 
Well, that's cool. I'll be with the Kendricks brothers in a couple of weeks. I'll make sure I pitch this to them, and <laughs> you and I can jump in on this thing together. I'll be your Serpa on this <laughs> in the film. <laughs> hey, uh, so another thing is, if if somebody is in that area, and so you do, what's the tallest peak right there in Washington? Rainier. Rain, yeah, do you still do you spend much time going up and down there? Do you guide or hike or anything around there? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm always heading up and down. There's a, there's a lot of cooler peaks in my opinion around here, but everyone always wants to do the tallest. So I, I guided some Navy SEALs and NFL players up there a few months back. So every year I'm, I'm bringing some interesting folks up. So, well, I, one of my, <laughs> one of my, I, it is on my list cause I'm doing the, with my youngest son, we're doing the top, uh top peaks in every state and so going come in that direction i'm gonna call you and try <laughs> like and an follow one. you guys follow you guys up there one one summer here soon uh man brian we're just gonna be praying for you brother that god just continues to use this incredible story and that uh he has something special for you he he brought you down that mountain for a reason and uh it just keeps playing out and we're gonna just be pl- praying that it just continues um if somebody's looking for a really inspiring book a really powerful and inspiring book it's blind descent by brian dickinson and brian we just appreciate you coming on the show brother yeah thanks so much i appreciate you having me on all right um we'll be back in touch soon all right all right god bless that was brian dickinson and the book is blind descent i mean we could do we could do an hour. I could do an hour with just what is that? How does that feel? Everything in your being is just yeah. Wow. That's freaky. I'm sorry. I had this vision that when you were uh, talking to him about following him up the mountain, that I could just see in the back, like, "Hey, Brian, you got any waters left? I'm out of water." <laughs> and, and some hey, Perel. You got anything <laughs> to eat? I'm hungry, man. This is a long hike. <laughs> Everyone at some point needs to have their vehicles repaired. It can be hard to find the mechanic you can trust, but we use our friends at Sun Auto Service. They've been family-owned and operated since 1978. When it comes to your auto repair and maintenance needs, brake repairs, transmission service, Sun Auto sincerely appreciates having the opportunity to serve you. uh, 405 West Slaughter Lane, 1300 Medical Parkway in Cedar Park, 1403 Rivery Boulevard in Georgetown and Lakeway at 1206 Ranch Road 620. Plus, check out all their deals and specials online at sunautoservice.com. Wow. Man. One of two people who soloed Mount Everest. And the only one that did it blindly. Man. You got only one place right here. It's the number one outdoor radio show in Texas. We got your Peter Report coming up next. TJ. He's got a bail early. He did not turn in his uh, leaving work early paper. So I'm headed to. I don't remember that. I would love for anybody. I'm going to be at the Life Austin Church here this morning. We all bail out of here and go to church. Instead of going to my usual church, I'm going to Life Austin downtown. Life Austin downtown. So y'all come see me and Mrs. Granny at Life Austin Church. But not until the show's over. Peter Report, Armed Citizens Report, all that and more. You catch it one place right here, 24-7, 365 at theoutdoorzone.com.
I'm Andy Morgan, and I fish FLW, and you're listening to the Outdoor Zone. Welcome back. I think I rid of him. Some say it's all about the destination. Some say it's all about good friends. But you know what? Turns those road trips and vacations into memories. It's the drive. So get where you're going on a Honda right now with very affordable pricing on every new 2019 Honda Accord. A 2019 Car and Driver's 10 Best for the 33rd time. The desirable 2019 Honda Accord is the most desirable Honda yet. With bold styling that create creates a passion for driving, the Accord will make moments into lifelong memories. So if you're envious, don't be. Save at any one of your Central Texas Honda dealers today for a great deal on an Accord and start making memories that will last forever. And for grads, the deals get even better when you finance through HFS. You'll save $500. Get where you're going in a Honda. All right, uh, now it's time for this week's. Let's let's get through our Peter report here. Let's try. They are anti-hunting, anti-fishing, anti-meat, anti-you and your family's outdoor heritage. It's time for the Outdoor Zone's PETA Report, because we love animals too. They taste great. Actress Whoopi Goldberg told off people for the ethical treatment of animals Friday for its criticism of her fondness for eating bacon. I knew, I, I you know, she played the... Uh, the what did she play the nun the nun remember the singing yeah. nuns or whatever <laughs> yeah yeah in that movie sister act sister act yeah i loved her in that movie and i like her even more now she loves bacon and she told off Peta. goldberg was not amused at the animal rights organization's criticism tweeting hey i understand Peta is making a fuss because i like bacon i never said i was a vegan and just like i and just like I want choice over my body, I want the same for what goes in I want the same for what goes in my body. I would never suggest that anyone pressure any one of you two to change your vegan habitats. Go eat a couch if you want. Okay, she's a little off, but Well remember this is tweeting. So, you know, in tweet verse, you know, you're kind of taking words and just it's not really it's, a story. You're it's kind of just interesting pl- to have Hollywood go against PETA. Yeah. This is a rare coincidence. She's still probably a little loopy, right? I mean, you got to be if you're in the industry. No, what she's saying is I'm not going to go ride super left side because um, just because of something, you know, if I'm I'm in Hollywood, she's telling the truth. She's, yeah. Standing in right in the middle where a person should stand, right on what you believe. And did you see what Peter responded? Should stand in the middle of what you believe. Oh, right in the center, right in. No, you should stand for what you believe, not in the middle of what you believe. Well, right centered on top of it. How about that? Okay. Not going one way or going to the other, just because you know you <clears throat> your environment. 
There's a nude billboard in downtown San Antonio. Animal rights activist PETA purchased a billboard near the Alamo, and it's right next to a large sign for Bill Miller Barbecue, a Texas chain restaurant. The billboard uh, says, Remember the Animals, in big, bold letters, followed by The Battle Continues. It's not just humans who speak who seek independence. This is sick. Is that and, not sick? And who let this in freaking Texas, man? Right there next to the Alamo, and it's supposed to be a play on the... Remember you know, the Alamo. Remember, remember the animals. Right. Come on. <clears throat> who let this in Texas? Who took the money from PETA and allowed this billboard to go up? It ain't a Texas company, I'll tell you that right now. They probably were leaning a little to the left, not you think on the in the middle right there. Yeah, and, and who would let that go up in their city? Freedom of speech. Well, how do you not? How do you stop that? It's though? Texas, man. It's Texas, bro. You don't have to accept their check. You don't have to accept it. You don't <clears> think <throat> they could sell that billboard somewhere else? I know it's hard to turn down the money when it's handed in and <clears throat> flashing in your face, but you don't got to accept that. That's your choice to accept that or not. Right? That's you not know, limiting free speech because that's not free speech. They paid for it. That's paid speech. That's totally different. I uh I don't I don't know what to say until <laughs> I, I have been I'm working on this this uh story about the top ten animal rights and how much money they make and how much money they take in and how much they they move out. Yeah. And you would I'm I'm not gonna reveal it yet. But you'll be. Are you working on a piece? You'll be startled. Yes. You got to start somewhere, man. Come yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, this uh, website, gohunt.com, uh, they just got a bunch of different. Um, they've got, of course, it's a store, plus they've got a bunch of articles, but they, they came out with a really good article, I thought, was a really, really well done article with some really good tips. Um, it's like five tips that they have. Uh, for venturing off on a solo hunt. So you're going hunting by yourself. Now, a lot of it leans towards like a an elk hunt yeah. in the mountains mm-hmm. and living, you know, but you can adapt it to any, you know, going to the ranch by yourself. It's the same principles that stand behind any of it. And I thought it was really well done. Of course, don't, if you read it and there's grammatical errors and stuff, that's not my specialty. I look for the meat of the story, right? Okay. So the meat of the story is good. There may be a missing comma or something. So, you know, I know there's some. I know there's an editor out there that's going, "Oh, well, I'll read this fine written piece," and then they read it and they're like, "Oh, there's a semicolon missing in three different places. This is disgusting." Uh, But anyway, I'm not saying that it's well written in the aspect that it's grammatically correct. I'm just saying it's the heart of the piece is there. It's really good. So going on a solo hunt, tips for venturing off on a solo hunt. Number one, tie up loose ends before you leave home. That's a good point. If you have unfinished projects, things at work, problems at home... Wrap that type type of stuff up before you leave. In my experience, when you're alone, you're at your most vulnerable. Sometimes, I don't like to admit it, but I can be a huge pansy when I'm out in the middle of nowhere alone. So when you have all those other things on your mind, you can't focus on the task at hand. You can't focus about, uh, you know, safety and where you're, you know, and you got all these other things pulling at you from home. So I thought, man, that's kind of, that's so true. 
That is true. I have the opposite problem. When I go out of town or I go on a hunt trip, it seems like magically something breaks and my wife has to replace it with something new and expensive. Water heater, any breaks. TV, refrigerator. refrigerator. The thing I thought would have five more, at least five more years. My wife always tells that story where she goes, what do you mean the TV was okay? I came home and it was replaced. Yeah. And she's like, do you know that we had to have, we had a pair of pliers, vice grips that were to change the channel? (laughs) (laughs) And she goes, is that okay? I'm like, it still worked, right? Change your TV. Any devices that you have pliers to work it, uh, not a good thing to leave for your wife. But I did have the water heater and that happened and I was kind of upset because she didn't tell me that it was leaking water all over the floor. This uh, one falls directly, directly into number two. Number two, before you go hunting, tie up these loose ends, dang it. Number two is happy wife, happy life. There you go. While this may not fall directly in line with everyone, whether it's your wife, husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, significant other, or simply a person you rely on or communicate with on a daily basis, keep that communication uh, keeping that communication can be the difference between a four day hunt and a seven day hunt. That's so good point. Really make sure that you are uh, relay where you're going to be and how long and and that they know that you're yeah. okay, that you're going to be okay. You know, yeah. number three, stay focused. Many times when I've been on a hunt for a week or so and things aren't going as planned, I have to remind myself that this only comes once a year. Now I, I love that piece. I love that piece of advice. You're going on an elk hunt. In New Mexico, you're four days in. You've been climbing the mountain. You hadn't yeah. got on any elk. You're freaking tired, exhausted. You just want nothing but to go home, get in your own bed, and eat a big old meal at the buffet. But you, you know, then as soon as you leave, you get two hours down the road. You leave early because you're burned out. You get two hours down the road and you're regretting it immediately so be present is what you're saying stay focused and, and remember that look this isn't 365 <clears throat> days a year that i get to do this this is five days a year that i get to do this you know it may be going to the ranch for those two days you know once a month for two mm. months and you know four days a year that i get to be at the ranch be at the ranch you know if you're on a hunt be on the hunt Stay focused. So let me ask a question before you you move forward. Do you get excited beforehand about going like opening weekend coming up or? I think I used to. I don't now because I am so busy and trying to get everything lined up. That's what I'm finding too. Yeah. You don't, until it happens, I don't really like get all excited and i don't get the jittery jittery but once i get there and if i've done everything and i've prepared and i've got all my work stuff lined out and i've got all my Mm -hmm. you know family life stuff in order and i leave in a good place yeah once i get there i love it right but it's the it's the weeks leading up or whatever that i'm just like Nose to the grindstone, let's get this done so I can go and not have to worry about these things. The excitement isn't there until I get there and get to turn that phone off. Or You know, that's even when you're taking, a, I know we're talking about solo, but 
I, we brought out, we took the, the grandkids and the family, we got them all together to go out on the boat. Right. And it was one of those where they weren't just going to meet us there. It was going to be early morning. We leave right at the crack of dawn. Grandkids and my wife turns around and she's like, hey, are you excited about going? Are you super excited? Isn't it going to be great? We're going to go do this and we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And I'm duck looking over going, oh, man. You know, we got 45 minutes till we get to the boat ramp. Yeah. Then when we get there, we you got to get gotta everything the boat, set up. You got to put everything in the boat. Everybody's got to get their life. Like, just relax. Don't get them all excited yet. Right. And, yeah. and that's exactly what he uh, said. He was like, all right. she goes, are you enjoying? He goes, this took so long <laughs> to get here. <laughs> McBride's Guns. With the way society is pounding on our rights to own guns, it's imperative we support our local gun shops, the ones we trust with our constitutional rights. McBride's Guns. McBride's Guns has a gunsmith on staff right there to help you adjust, repair, and tighten your scopes, beefsteak. Looking for a youth rifle model or shotgun? Go where the staff is skilled and trained to help you make the right choice. You'll find McBride's in the same place it's been for years, right there at the corner of 30th and Lamar, or you can give them a call 512-472-3532 or online at McBride'sGuns.com. McBride's Guns, your hometown gun shop not your normal schedule on the outdoor zone uh tj bailed on us uh but can we when we come he, back did he can put you? in his two weeks uh, i don't even no, know if he, he, asked he didn't even it. but he just walked out i think he got mad because of the germ you know the yeah germ thing. he was getting freaked out hey uh can we when we come back can we finish the last two i took us off off the road a little bit yeah but the solo hunt i would like to venturing uh, off that on off. a hunt and what you got to get done before you go just some great advice a great article on gohunt.com uh we may be able to get to our armed citizens report i can't i can't guarantee it but we'll try to it is the number one outdoor radio show in texas you're listening to the outdoor zone find us 24 7 365 at the outdoorzone.com I'm Randall Tharp, and I fish FLW. You're listening to the Outdoor Zone. Fish on. Welcome back. It is the Outdoor Zone, live in the bunkhouse. Bigger things, sales event. Bigger savings, more inventory, and thousands off the new Ram trucks. All at Nile Nile Maxwell Superstore. They have deep discounts on everything in their inventory, like the 2019 Motor Trend Truck of the Year, the 2019 uh, Ram 1500. Uh, It has better performance, more efficiency, new technology, and more than 100 safety features. And if you like to travel or spend a day at the lake, this truck is perfect for you. It can tow more than 12,500 pounds and has a ton of storage space. They have dozens of Ram 1500s in stock, along with hundreds of other trucks, and more coming in each day. In fact, no other dealer in Central Texas sells more Rams. Not only will you get some of the best prices, but you'll get legendary service that awarded them the 2019 Customer First Award of Excellence. And if that wasn't enough, uh, you still have Niles Performance Promise. The same promise they've been making for over 30 years to beat any competitor's price in Central Texas, just bring their signed buyer's agreement in and we'll beat it. 
Superstore size selections and savings at the number one Chrysler Dodge Ram sales leader in Central Texas, Nio Maxwell Superstore, 620 and 183 in Austin, or visit us online at nilemaxwellsuperstore.com. Tips for venturing off on a solar hunt, solo hunt, by gohunt.com. A cool article I came across, really good information, not your normal uh, make sure you pack your uh, sharp knife, um, <laughs> you know, uh, but some really good, useful information that I thought was you could really, Kinda. you know, understand, <clears throat> like get your stuff in order, do that, you know, number four, we went through one through three, number four, have your gear dialed in, hmm. not only your shooting equipment, um, but have your things organized, clean and know where they are, your binoculars, your first aid stuff. I mean, have it. And think through it and prepare it before you go out by yourself, you know, so that you yeah. know where it is. We talked to uh, Brian, who summited uh, oh, yeah. the peak, and if he didn't know where his carabiners were, he went blind at the top of Mount oh, Everest. Man. If he didn't know where his stuff was, if he wasn't organized, I'm sure he was. If he wasn't, dude, that's a long hike down blind. I mean, it was a long hike down anyway, I'm sure. But I can't even imagine. I don't even want to go there. Have your I stuff. Can't. Have your stuff in line. You know, uh, I I bought a backpack. Yeah. And the big deal was to have utilize all of the little different areas for the backpack. You right. know, the little pouches, little zippers, for different things that you can look at and grab in the dark. And you're in as you, you know, sit in your deer blind. You can. I know exactly where the binoculars are. Right. And I can pull those out with without opening up the big sack and pulling everything out. Right. It's kind of like what you talk about on the boat ramp when you are doing all your stuff at the boat ramp. Yeah. When you're sit down at the deer blind or up in your stand, archery stand, you don't want to do all that, right? Number five, trust what you know and be prepared. So <laughs> basically prepare yourself. Look at maps. Look at where you're going to hunt. Decide where you're going to hunt. What areas. Learn that area. Learn that terrain. Learn where the watering holes are, the creeks are. So, anyway, um, it's just a cool article. GoHunt.com. You can read into it in depth. Man, a fast-paced week, and uh, but a great show. Yeah. Tell me well, what your uh, <clears throat> advice is for this week. All right. Put your trust in God, my boys, but mind to keep your powder dry. If you keep your powder dry, you re, you remain ready to take action if necessary. Love it. One of uh, the fastest growing sports in the country is archery. In Central Texas, there's only one true archery shop. That's Archery Country. Whether you're an avid bow hunter, chasing elk, whitetail bear, uh, game around the world, Archery Country is the place to get all your gear. And the owners are true archers. They hunt all over the world with their solo. bows. So that's the place to go. Of course, a crossbow is a great option for kids and uh, men alike. 8121 Research Boulevard. They're closed Sunday and Monday, but they open back up on Tuesday. They got a full indoor range right there. Go see our friends at AustinArcheryCountry.com. This week's Bible verse comes from Isaiah 60, 63. And nations shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness thy rising. Live it, love it, learn it. I'm Cody Ryan on behalf of TJ this week. Folks, get a kid outside, take the kids with you. Take them to the park, to the lake, to the ranch. Show them the birds, the trees. Take them fishing, take them hunting. 
Mm-hmm. Just take them into the great outdoor zone. Don't forget to check out kidsoutdoorzone.com for more information on how to get your kids or kids in your neighborhood out into the outs- outdoors. Uh, uh, kidsoutdoorzone.com. Yeah, Look a journey of mighty consequences. That's right. As they say. God bless. And uh, on behalf of TJ as well, regulators, mount, mount up. up. York City. He never called me by my name, just Hillbilly. My grandpa taught me how to I live do, I do way. have to say and one last thing. It is my anniversary today, and honey, happy anniversary. I've never come back on air, but happy anniversary, honey. Uh, I've got everything planned out from 11 to 7 today, so uh, we're dropping the kid off. And uh, just you and I from 11 to 7 today, we're going to the ranch to fill feeders. Love you. See you in a little bit. Bye. For $43, my friend lost his life. I'd love to spit some beach nut in that dude's eyes and shoot him with my old 45 because a country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. California and South Alabama and little towns all around this land. We can skin a buck and run a truck line and a country boy can survive. Country folks can survive.